Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Shergel, and I am a sexual wellness instructor that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show why kinky sexual wellness deserves a rightful spot within the wellness conversation. So let's talk about it. Hey, and welcome back. Thank you for waiting for this episode. I know I didn't make it home in time to upload last night, so here we are. But anyways, as you know, this past weekend, I attended the Everything to Do with Sex show presented by Bad Dragon, and oh my God, it was so much fun. They certainly delivered on their promise for nonstop entertainment, and I can't believe how much stuff they packed into three days. There was the main stage, kink theater and seminar theater, as well as live dancers and entertainment walking around like um, a lady on stilts and hula hoopers that, you know, lit up. And I have a little video, a highlight clip, you could say on my Instagram. And apparently there were over 1200 vendors. So yeah, there was a lot to see and do. But first, before we get into this, I want to thank my amazing team, my husband, Anrag, Katie, Krishna, William, you guys killed it. Thank you for always showing up and having my back. And I wouldn't have been so cool, calm and collected without all of your help. You guys really made the photo booth look amazing. And also shout out to my awesome neighbors, DJ, Denny, Kate. You guys made the weekend so much better by how welcoming and friendly you all are. And we're, and without all of you, this weekend wouldn't have been the same. Another major highlight was seeing some familiar faces. Deb and Brian from Pleasure Pods, you both have such a pure heart. And I can't wait for you guys to have all the success that's waiting on your doorstep. And Dr. Andrew, I'm so happy I made it for your seminar. And remember, guys, if you have any nutrition questions or men's health questions for Dr. Andrew, shoot me a DM. I want to have him back on the show. But yes, I also met so many new, incredible sexual wellness coaches, instructors, educators, and entertainers who are all spreading sexual and kinky awareness in their own unique way. But there is one person in particular that you should definitely go check out. And her name is Ray. You can find her on Instagram with share with Ray. She has over 10 years in the field, and I was fortunate enough to catch her informative seminar on healing trauma through kink, which was great. So yeah, catch her classes and info located on her socials, which again is at share with Ray. So yeah, overall, the weekend was quite successful, and I definitely look forward to joining the Toronto Taboo Show next year. My speech on the truth of kinky wellness was certainly popular. And I talked about the three truths of kinky wellness, which to recap are kinky wellness and overall BDSM and kink are not that hard to get into once you know the basics. Kinky wellness is a healthy outlet for AIA, you know, aggression, imagination, intention, and that the power of kinky wellness is intentionally being hidden from us. And it receives so much amazing and touching feedback so much so that I think we are very, very, very close to getting kinky wellness into the general wellness conversation, which of course is the goal, right? But the conversation that actually stood out to me the most was with a man who was explaining the differences between 
BDSM and kink in a play setting versus living a BDSM and kink lifestyle 24 seven. So basically this gentleman was going into how, when you live a BDSM and kink lifestyle, specifically into a master slave or dom sub context, your slave is with you or under your orders 24 hours a day and that they can't leave. And that in a place setting, this is just for specific hours and a time frame, but then it ends as soon as that time frame is over. But as he was explaining it, it kind of sounded like marriage to me. Okay, listen, of course I am aware and know that my husband and I don't actually own each other per se. And that if a situation came up where one of us did want to leave the relationship or walk away, we certainly could. You know, I can't lock him in a basement actually for realsies, but the idea of divorce is off the table for us. And we actually call divorce the D word because, you know, that isn't an avenue that we want to go down or even manifest. So we don't like talking about it. And like, regardless of how hard things get, we just we just don't want to talk about that word. But let me back up here for a second Because if you're just joining me on this podcast, I'll let you know that this is actually my second marriage. And my first marriage happened when I was 27. But when I look back on it, I see that I was just like moving through things because I think that's what we both thought was normal. We had been together for three years, so it just seemed, quote, appropriate to get married. But my last marriage was structured very differently than what it is now. In my last marriage, we had an open relationship and I was able to create relationships outside with other people as I wanted, but having multiple relationships, whether that was sexual, mental, or emotional turned out something that I didn't feel was very fulfilling for me. Now, this isn't to say that other people can't do this. Of course, if having a polyamorous relationship is something that you want to do, then go for it. That's all up to you. But my last marriage forced me to be more honest with myself and that I prefer to be held accountable to one person and that I wanted to build a life with just one person and that monogamy is better fit for me. Right. And that's just kind of how I went from that relationship to this one. As you know, it showed me that I do want a sense of ownership when it comes to my relationship and that I didn't want like a hierarchy or ranking system. And Fortunately, it was through this relationship where I was able to explore that more deeply because I was getting into kink and found that the idea of, quote, ownership was something that I wanted. So when I got married the second time, I approached it with a very different mindset. And you can say that I took the idea of marriage more seriously and changed some things about it and how I approached it. For instance, something that I changed was the title that I give my husband. In my first marriage, I used the term partner, which is great. I know that's very popular right now. And if it works for you, that's cool. But in this marriage, I use the term husband because although my husband is still a partner to me, personally, the word husband represents a lot more than just a partner. My husband understands that he has his own set of responsibilities that he needs to bring to the table. And then as me being a wife, I also have a different set of responsibilities that I need to bring to the table. And, you know, I know that there's probably someone out there rolling their eyes and saying how old fashioned this is. 
and that's fine. You can go live your life and I'll live mine. But to me, the titles husband and wife really do bring a different type of vibe. They bring a different type of feeling and responsibilities than when partners do. And especially now that I'm in business, there is a business element to this. When I do make partnerships with business, that's how I attribute it now. Like partners is more of a business thing. It's not really like an emotional thing for me. But again, because I signed that little piece of paper saying that I would be his wife and he signed that little piece of paper saying he would be my husband. I really do feel like that little piece of paper represents that we do basically own each other because we seriously can't leave each other, which is basically kink, right? Like you can't leave me. You have to stay with me. Like how many women fantasize about being kidnapped or being taken to some castle in some fantasy land where it's just, you know, you and him. Like, I know I'm not the only one here on this and maybe it's an element of Disney with, you know, Prince Charming. But when I say the word ownership or to own, I mean it in a way to take care of. Like when you have a nice thing, you want to take care of it, right? You are responsible for it and you want it to last as long as possible in the most positive way. And this is how I feel about my marriage because we are responsible for each other and we do keep each other accountable. And, you know, occasionally we have to kick each other's asses when we need to, but we are also flexible enough to give grace to mistakes and make room for growth. And seriously, when it comes to marriage, BDSM and kink and power exchange relationships, there's a lot of overlap. If we break down our partnership basics, everything in the partnership basics also gets discussed in marriage, or at least in my marriage, right? For instance, we have to talk about our turnoffs and triggers, our hard boundaries and limits, what our aftercare is, as well as negotiate our soft boundaries and limits our verbal and nonverbal cues, as well as outline our roles, responsibilities, and relationship status. And this isn't just in sex. This is how my husband and I operate in a day-to-day life. For instance, we have a nonverbal cue for when I feel overwhelmed in social settings. We have boundaries and limits that build the parameter of our marriage. We have different aftercare systems set in place if we are sick or if we get hurt or we just feel emotionally exhausted. And through this, we have become much more in tune with each other's body gestures and what we are saying, but also what we are not saying. And we dance between the roles of sub and dom. And throughout the marriage, I guess you could say that we're a bit more of a switch, right? Because sometimes He calls the shots when we need to do something for high candy. And sometimes I call the shots because we have to do something for partition, right? But regardless, in both marriage and power exchange relationships, a big part of it is teaching each other how to communicate as well as how to treat each other. Now, I once saw a video on Instagram that featured a woman who was saying how we shouldn't have to treat our boyfriends how to talk to us or treat us, but that concept is nonsense. Of course you need to teach your boyfriend or your significant other how to talk to you and treat you. You really can't expect someone to come into your life and treat you perfectly and know all of your icks and turnoffs and triggers right off the bat. That is just ridiculous. That's something that you find out as you go through the relationship. And I was reading an article in Psych 
central about this actually. And it said, teaching people how to treat you is a process that involves introducing them to what is acceptable and unacceptable. It is knowing what we need and want and being able to communicate it effectively to others because people don't know how you want to be treated. What works for you and how you want to be treated might not work for someone else. For instance, maybe you're with someone who likes roughhousing now, but maybe you meet someone later or you get a new partner and they don't like roughhousing at all. Maybe they find it annoying. So you can't just treat people exactly the same. Getting to know someone takes time and getting to know a long-term partner can also take a lifetime, but that's part of the fun, right? That's part of the fun of you getting to know each other because marriage is a long, you're in it for the long haul, right? But the article also talked about the importance of reinforcing what you like and that you cannot reinforce a positive behavior enough. So I just want to mention that if your partner does do something that you like, tell them that. Tell them that again and again and again and again and again and again and again, because reinforcing a positive behavior gives you the best odds of them doing it again. But really, let's go back to marriage being a kink, right? Like it might not be an unconventional kink, but seriously, isn't marriage kind of like a kink, right? Like it might not be unconventional, but the idea that you can't leave or, you know, we are forced to work through things. It's still a turn on to me. Plus, just like in my previous power exchange relationships, I gain a lot of feelings of safety and security. But with my marriage, it's better because I also gain consistency without feeling like I'm losing anything and that I am being kept and I am being taken care of. And I do have someone who has to listen to me and You know, I also have to listen to them. This isn't a dictatorship. And, you know, I feel a sense of containment that doesn't include suffocation. Actually, quite frankly, being married and approaching it with my current mindset versus my previous mindset makes me feel like I have so much more to gain because I'm able to build a future with just one person. And to me, it's less complicated. But just because it might be less complicated to me, that doesn't mean that I'm saying it's easy. Marriage, like any other relationship, has its challenges. And for those of you who have heard the saying, the first year of marriage is the hardest. Yeah, I can support this statement. Um, I definitely believe this. (laughs) You know, you're definitely going to see the ugliest parts of your partner, but they're also going to see the ugliest parts of you. So it's up to you guys if you're going to weather the storm and love each other through it or if you're just going to walk away. Now, of course, if someone is doing something negative over and over and over and not changing it and not doing anything about it and you have told them repetitively and still nothing has changed and they don't really seem to care, then yes, then you can leave. Like that is reason to leave, right? Like if you tell someone, hey, this is disrespectful or this brings me negativity can you please change and they don't that's one thing but if your person makes a mistake or was taught something that you think is wrong but they are actively doing something to change it then be patient change takes time and as long as that person is trying to change for at least you then be careful not to throw everything away too quickly because, you know, just like I said, change takes time. It takes 
effort and it won't happen overnight, but you should at least see some baby steps, right? And I had to learn this because quite frankly, there were some serious behaviors that both my husband and myself had to work through over the last year. And it definitely didn't come overnight. And I would say that we're still working through some of our stuff because we just aren't perfect, right? Which is also something that I love deeply about this relationship because being with one person, it it kind of showed me the holes of where I was being a bad partner and where I could also grow and be a better one. But yes, I guess you could say the kink element of being married is definitely a sense of ownership to me. Like I can seriously look at my husband and be like, you are my man. You are mine. You are no one else's. Like you have to come home to me and he can look at me and be the same, right? Like he can be like, you are mine. You are no one else's and we are each other's. And because of this, we don't act or do the things like we would if we were single and our behaviors reflect our relationship status, which is something that I didn't really have when I was in open relationship. So that's like quite a big difference for me. But, you know, don't mistake this for closing off things we want to do. We just make sure that at the end of the day, we are back in each other's arms and no one else's, which totally works for us. But truthfully, I'm very happy that I got to experience different types of relationships because it helped me show what type of relationships work for me and which ones kind of don't. And right now I feel like I get this sense of secureness that I didn't get before. And I've managed to achieve a deeper depth of emotion through this journey because I'm able to dig deep with just one person rather than divide my resources and energy among others. And to me, this gives me a whole feeling of like more of a wholeness and a sense of like, my husband is my rock and he will always be there for me. So if this is, you know, old fashioned or being with one person is old fashioned, so be it, right? Like I'll keep fantasizing about us being locked away in a castle until eventually I get that castle one day, right? <laughs> Where it's just him and I, but you let me know, let, let me know your thoughts on what type of relationships work for you. I would love to know your respective I know that the range is wide. So as long as people are open to talk about it respectfully, I am totally down. But that's it for me in this episode on why I think that marriage is kind of like a kink. But on Monday, we will be joined by Brooke Bryla, who is a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, accelerated resolution therapy practitioner, and an ASEC certified sex therapist. And she was so great. We we dug into alternative forms of healing, like healing through your eyes and rapid eye movements, which is very, very cool. So be sure to check in on Monday for that. And in the meantime, make sure to follow me on Instagram at the partition underscore life. And you can check out my highlight reel from the weekend. But that's it for me, right? And as always, stay kinky.